0: Hey, yo, ladies and gentlemen, fellas, 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 let's close out week 11 right here with this Monday night football slate, a bunch of dollarooskies up top to first place tonight coming here right now to give you the information that you need to try and take down the slate. What we do here is we take every single position, every single player that is going to be noteworthy that is going to run enough routes like five to 10 that is going to be meaningful enough to keep them on the slate to talk about. Now, normally that's like 30 players, but on this slate, it's actually looking like only 23, 24 players somewhere around there because both these teams are very condensed. So we're going to close up week 11 right here. Every single player, I'm going to let you know if I have interest, some interest, or no interest at all early on as I record this at 5 a.m. on Monday. And then later tonight at 6 p.m. East Coast time, we will come back together and go live and we'll finish up this week. And then we head into the Thanksgiving week where the content for me will start as of today, really looking at the betting stuff for the betting video, looking at DFS. That one dude, Thanksgiving edition will be out on Wednesday. I'm very excited for a loaded week of Thanksgiving content. And then also we have week 12 right after that. If you have never played a Thursday Thanksgiving slate with the three games, my Oh my it is fantastic there is insane prize pools for the each of the showdown slates even the showdown halftime slates obviously the main three game slate will have a millimaker maker if you're not already familiar so it is probably the best slate on the entire year the nfl playoffs are pretty close as well when it comes to football but it's very very good i'm very excited for it but we have to get past this showdown slate right to start off the week so be sure to join us live at 6 p.m east coast time one way to guarantee that you end in there getting smacked by all the information is to hit the like button that, that kind of guarantees it but hitting that notification button after you subscribe to the channel so doing those things really help the channel grow. We just crossed 33,000 subscribers yesterday. The goal would be to cross 35,000 by the end of the year, which seems like it's something that we could possibly do with five weeks left to go. So I do greatly appreciate everybody in here watching right now. Can't wait for the live stream later. It's some of my favorite content of the entire week when we get to go live, interact with community, and maybe break our record of over 1,800 people concurrent live at the same time in that last live stream on Monday Night Football. Before we get into the video, I have to let you know that this video is going to be sponsored by the presenting sponsor of the show, and that is Superdraft. If you're not already familiar, I'm sure there's a lot of people playing on there. We had somebody on the Sunday night football slate just win second place yet again. That person has won like in each of the last three showdown slates, like the top three prize pools. He said he plays 10 to 12 lineups tonight, So it is very much so possible because there's just less sharks over there. There's less competition. They're focusing on the main slates right now. So for example, Super Jeff, it's a multiplier format. It's not salary cap based. So Tom Brady tonight is a one X multiplier. If he scores 17 fantasy points, he'll get 17 fantasy points. But for example, Van Jefferson, the wide receiver four, who's barely on the field for the Rams. And we'll get into that. He has a three X multiplier tonight. If he ends up finding the end zone and score scoring eight points, he'll actually score 24 points because you multiply it by his three X multiplier. Now, obviously that's going to be maybe unlikely, but that's why he has the high multiplier to try and keep him in play. And if you use my name, Sal upon deposit, they will be giving you a free money bonus up to a thousand dollar Ruskies in there. And that'll come in a slow drip format just for a little help for you all right now. My top super draft play in the slate tonight at about 26 fantasy points is Chris Godwin. I haven't projected for two and a half more points than anybody else on the entire slate. So if you're signing up, use that code, bam, there you go. You now have the number one. And projected play in my model and then if you want to gain access to the rest of them you can check it out down below on my patreon which we will be referencing tonight for ownership for projections for value and a bunch of other stuff for the showdown slate and beyond so let's start this bad boy off when we're looking at tom brady he's the most expensive player on the slate he's the only guy above ten thousand dollars which is pretty rare on these showdown slates you usually see a couple of guys usually a positional player a top end running back both the quarterbacks but tom brady the only guy getting that deserving honor tonight he's not going to have a great pass blocking advantage these are two defenses that are very good these are two defenses that bring pressure. They do well in coverage. They tackle well. Minus 32% pass blocking advantage against the number six overall pass rush in the Rams for Tom Brady tonight. Brady is attempting the most overall attempts per game now, passing Joey Burrow at 39. Shout out Joey Burrow. Hopefully he recovers quickly from that ACL injury that has ended his rookie season. 336 air yards per game for Brady and 5.2 deep attempts per overall. He's going to be number one in all those categories right now. Top five in yards per game, but he's number 24 under pressure. And that's an important stat here. Like if you're looking to get away from Tom Brady for some reason, reason. One, the matchup itself is saying, okay, you can get away from it. Two, I mean, there's there's not that many guys projected for over 15 fantasy points tonight, but there's enough that you could fade the most expensive player on the slate, Tom Brady. And this is obviously if you're playing one to three to 10 lineups and not 150, you're really asking for some trouble if you're playing 150 here, or at least you're you're realizing that you're taking on a lot of risks. Tom Brady right now for me is going to be a yes, as he is my highest projected player on the slate by about a fantasy point. So it's enough for me to want to get there. That being said, if you're playing in only a couple of lineups, there's merit to actually fading Tom Brady here. One, you get the salary relief. Two, it's not overwhelmingly uh, more projected than the next couple of guys. And the big thing, number 24 under pressure this year in terms of accuracy for Tom Brady. Just like Jared Goff on the opposite side, both of these quarterbacks really start to struggle when pressured. And both of these defenses are going to be able to get to the quarterback. At least they have so far this year. Next up is Jared Goff, who we get a $1,200 discount on. And I actually currently have as a better play in my Patreon projections. Link down below, patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore. I have him as a better play over there than Mr. Thomas Brady if you tacked her in the salary. So I like him. But he's also going to have a terrible pass blocking event. Minus 33%. He just lost Andrew Withworth, his one of the best left tackles in the game, definitely his best offensive lineman. That's going to be a huge, huge, huge drop to the man who just signed this offseason to a new contract against Tampa Bay, who's also tied with the Rams right now for top six in passers in the NFL. You're getting about four deep attempts of 20 plus yards per game out of Jared Goff, so not the same as Tom Brady, but not that far off. You're getting similar passing yards, 271 per game. You're getting a lot of usage out of Goff, who's been very efficient so far this season. But just like his counterpart in this game, Tom Brady, he does struggle more so when under pressure. Number seven, in the NFL on under pressure. Now he faces a very good pass rush, again, without one of his top offensive linemen. He's gone for over 300 yards in back-to-back games. So that's a little bit skewed because they played Seattle in the last game and he had it like almost in the first half, I think. And obviously if you're not going over 300 yards against the Seattle defense this year, there might actually be more fingers pointed at you and what's wrong with you than actually what the defense was doing. So Jared Goff at $9,800. I'm also going to have interest in Jared Goff here. Both quarterbacks are going to be yeses for me. And the reason why both quarterbacks are yeses for me is both of these offenses are pretty condensed, but at the same time spread out. So like each of them have like three or four weapons in the passing game. And that's all that they use. But between those weapons, it's pretty evenly spread out, maybe outside of one guy in the slate that we can talk about who's a yes for me and a couple of more picks. But at least we know that the quarterbacks throwing those passes are going to accumulate all the points. It doesn't matter, where they really spread it out. So I could easily see the ball being spread out a bunch of different ways. Goff having 16 to 18 fantasy points, but none of his receivers topping his production. And at $9,800, that's a very fair price point, especially when one of his receivers is only $600 less than him. And that is Cooper Cup, who will have a nice advantage in the slot tonight against Bunting. It's a positive 33% matchup, and he's going to allow an 80- 8% catch rate in the slot is bunting. So far, you're getting about 8.8 targets per game on a 26% target share for Cooper cup this season, playing 55% of his snaps out of the slot. And he's seeing six plus targets since week two, every single game since week two, he's seeing six plus he's not a yes for me right now, but he is definitely going to be in play peek behind the curtain on Patreon yet again, he's my fourth highest projected player. So he is very close to a yes. The reason why he's not an automatic yes is because his point per dollar value, although it's fine, there's some guys that are cheaper down that I like a little bit more, meaning that his $9,200 price tag. It's basically proper, right? Like if he was, $8,500, he would be too cheap. If he was $9,600, he would probably be too expensive. Around 9000 to $9,200 is where I have him being appropriately priced. So it doesn't make him an overwhelming yes for me. Although the projection looks fine and good, it doesn't make him the standout value. Next up, we get Mike Evans, who's a tougher spot against Jalen Ramsey, who has been very good over the last month, had kind of a shaky first month, very good over the past month, allowing just 0.56 yards per cover on the season. Now you're getting six targets per game right now for Mike Evans, a 17% target share. And he has seen a tick up in the slot. Now, a lot of that was with Chris Godwin out. You're seeing him move more to the outside now, where he does lead the NFL with 14 red zone targets. He's seen six or more targets in three straight games and had his season high 11 targets in week 10. So Mike Evans right now at $9,000. It's a similar overall uh, task and discussion about Cooper Cup, except Mike Evans in general sees less overall volume. Cooper Cup's at least seeing close to nine targets per game. Mike Evans in this offense is barely seeing six per game. And that's with uh, Chris Godwin missing like three to four games so far this season. So Mike Evans for me is going to be a maybe in this price range though, if you're settling between these wide receivers. I would choose Cooper Cup over Mike Evans right now, as I do have him projecting out higher. Ronald Jones at $8,800 had that huge he was like the fourth running back ever to have a 98 yard touchdown run in NFL history which is pretty crazy to see that one i think chris johnson had like a 99 yard touchdown on one time on thursday night football i remember sitting at my my house uh, needing a fantasy football play I was down like 17 in fantasy and chris johnson comes out and busts out this 99 yard touchdown run on like a monday or a thursday night football game for the tennessee titans and i'm sitting there in my room screaming up and down as i'm only down by two fantasy points and then you want to hear bad beats ever i end up taking the lead by like 6 fan point 6 fantasy points right like half a fantasy point and chris johnson has a negative 10 yard run and then he doesn't run again they like need the clock out after that they get a first down passing and i'm sitting there and i lose by point four. and i'm like wait what just happened i've never seen a negative 10 yard run since then i've seen some negative sixes maybe a negative eight i've never seen a negative 10 yard run he was like running backwards to try and run out the clock some more and i was sitting there like crying in my room like little 15 year old sal playing fantasy for like the first or second year jumping up and down screaming at the tv smashing stuff getting all angry smacking myself it was just it was terrible but, but let's get back to the story here as ronald jones becomes the fourth member joins chris johnson i think was the last one to do it he's gonna have a negative. Three percent run blocking advantage here against the Rams, who are 13th overall against the run. He had the big game last week for Ronald Jones. That was the first game, and basically a month since Leonard Fournette's been back that he was able to take over some workhorse responsibilities. And I mean, he fumbled early in that game, and they still gave him opportunities because Leonard Fournette couldn't really do much on his opportunities. And then he had the big run, which just kind of said, okay, this is going to be a Ronald Jones game. Had almost 200 yards rushing in that one. He's seen 14 attempts and three and a half targets per game on the season, and the 23 attempts in Week 10 were indeed a season high. But he's been good. Like I mean, he's been good so far this year. I expect him to continue to get this volume because he's number nine and evaded tackles with 37. He's number seven in total carries. Now, again, Leonard Fournette did miss basically around three to four weeks with an injury and was banged up. Ronald Jones for me right now is definitely in play. I currently have him and Mike Evans looking very similar tonight. I normally, and they're in a similar price range in terms of projection, normally will lean to the wide receiver there because they're higher variants. They can get those bigger plays quicker. Big plays come in the passing game more so than the running game more frequently, but it's a really tough matchup that you're going to be seeing for Mike Evans against Jalen Ramsey. So right now it's kind of a coin flip between, I'll see what happens later on tonight. You can tune into the stream to see between these guys in this price range, who I get more of between Ronald Jones and Michael Evans. Chris Godwin to me at $8,400 is grossly mispriced on this slate. He's going to have a positive 43% matchup, likely the best on the entire slate against Troy Hill tonight. And it's just kind of uh, interesting that he's $8,400. I thought that you might actually see him be 9K or even more than that, maybe like 9,400 and Mike Evans be a little bit cheaper. And based on my projections, he should be more expensive right now because you get Troy Hill allowing 1.14 yards per cover. You're getting 6.8 targets per game on about a 19% target share so far this year for Chris Godwin. He's playing 56% of the time out of the slot, seeing six plus targets in every single game that he's been healthy this year and 10 or more fantasy points in every single game, except the one against the Packers where he only scored 9.8. And in that one, he did get a little bit banged up. But if you're talking about all the games that he actually finished so far this year, he's had 10 or more fantasy points in every single one of them. And if you're talking about those games specifically, I mean, you could look at last week, caught all six of his targets for 92 yards, played 91% of the snaps, over 15 fantasy points, over 24 fantasy points the game before that when he was fully healthy in week seven. The entire team stunk. So the only game where he's been actually healthy this year and he didn't do anything Was the game against New Orleans where they did nothing? Right, they had like a historic low—only five rushing attempts in the game for their running backs. Uh, You had Chris Godwin being like the leading receiver with six targets. He had three catches for 41 yards in that game, but he's had at least 14 or more fantasy points—13.9 to be exact—in all other games. Chris Godwin right now is a yes for me, as I project him for about seven to seven and a half targets tonight. And based on his high catch rate on the season, I think that is going to be somewhere where I really do like getting to tonight. He is a yes for me at $8,400. Honestly, he might be $1,000 too cheap on this slate. Next up, you get Robert Woods. Who's speaking of a $1,000 too cheap, a $1,000 discount at least off of his teammate in Cooper Cup here, who well, Cooper Cup is seeing more volume. It's going to be a matchup against Carlton Davis that will be tougher for Robert Woods on the outside than Cooper Cups in the slot. So that justifies the price point a little bit there. You're getting a 20% target share for Robert Woods and 6.7 targets per game so far for him right now, a 26% slot percentage. He's averaging 52 yards per game. Robert Woods, kind of like his teammate Cooper Cup, who's basically seen six plus targets in every game since week one. Robert Woods has seen at least five targets or more in every single game this year. And he's coming off of back-to-back games with at least six or more targets. He's also finding the end zone a lot more this year. If you're just looking at it in terms of rushing touchdowns and things like that, he now I believe has six total touchdowns on the season, which already is basically like the combination of what he scored the last two years in the NFL. And we still have more around half a season to go. So Robert Woods at $8,200. I actually do like him right now. If I look at Robert Woods, we can pull up right now him on Patreon. You can look at it down below. He's basically like an even play when you factor in the price point with Cooper Cup. I might still slightly like Cooper Cup at just a price point of $9,200. But right now I have Robert Woods on Patreon projected for 13.8 fantasy points, which means he's projected for 20 fantasy points over on Superdraft, which is kind of an average play over there and a 1.68 value. Rating. That 1.68 value rating is pretty good for a showdown slate. It is basically like very identical to what Cooper Cup is. So he looks like a very similar point per dollar play as Cooper Cup. Not as much as the same projection. Cup's projected for higher. That's why he's more expensive as well. But Woods will be in play for me. He's close to a yes, but we'll keep him as a maybe. As we go down to $7,800, I think Antonio Brown's probably overpriced in this slate. He'll probably have a positive matchup against Williams, who's been solid in his somewhat limited playing time. Six and a half targets per game so far for Antonio Brown in his two games this year. Playing 14% of the slot, averaging 29 routes per game in those first two weeks. And last week, he actually had a nice game. Seven catches on 69 for 69 yards on eight targets. The issue with Antonio Brown is his price point. I mean, you're getting the number one wide receiver, 1A, 1B, in Robert Woods with Cooper Cup being just $400 more expensive. You're getting Chris Goblin, who I consider the number one wide receiver on the Buccaneers, at least the way I'm projecting him, for only $600 more. Then you're getting a wide receiver from the Rams who's been acting as the number one wide receiver for like two or three weeks now, in the Brandon Cooks role and Josh Reynolds, for $1,000 less. So the issue with uh, Antonio Brown is not his overall projection. I haven't projected out decent for a showdown slate around double-digit fantasy, points. The issue is his price tag. I'm paying $7,800 for a number three wide receiver who's seeing around number two wide receiver volume, but he's also still a number three wide receiver. Now he's in a game environment with a really tough matchup from an overall defensive standpoint. So Antonio Brown's probably boom or bust at this price point in terms of you need a touchdown or bust. Like if he's going to go out there for six catches for 70 yards for you and have 13 fantasy points, $7,800, that's probably not even that great for you, honestly. Like it might not win you a slate if somebody else above him or even below him is doing similar or better. So you probably need a touchdown out of AB here. I don't think it's completely out of the question, but if I'm trying to cater this video to people who play 150 lineups, especially the stream later today. You can ask my questions on my 150 lineup builds. You can ask questions in terms of just MMEing on a showdown slate in general. So it's all Q&A based later on 6 PM tonight, East Coast time. Be sure to hit that notification bell and subscribe button so you can be notified of when it starts. But Antonio Brown, if I'm just trying to cater to the audience of a couple of lineups, he's actually going to be a no for me in this price range. His value is just nowhere near these other guys. Uh, Antonio Brown currently for me, if I look at his value relative to other players in the slate, he's actually my third overall worst play in the slate from a point per dollar standpoint. And next up is Josh Reynolds, who won't be as bad. And will be actually somebody that I have some interest in on this slate. Josh Reynolds, for me, is somebody that stands out as somebody who's been very good over the last couple of weeks. He's taking on this Brandon Cooks role to the fullest extent. Josh Reynolds will likely see Jamal Dean, though, who's been one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL this season. It's going to be a negative 23% matchup for Josh Reynolds. Dean's allowing just 0.82 yards per cover so far this year. Now, Reynolds is averaging 5.3 targets per game. And over the last couple of games, he's been overdoing that 5.3 per game. Last three games since week seven, eight targets, nine targets, and 10 targets. Fantasy points in those games, 15.2, 8.4. And seventeen point four, which is now the highest he's had all season long. That was in Week Ten, on eight catches for ninety-four yards and one hundred and one air yards. The first time he's topped one hundred air yards so far the season. Three straight games with eight or more targets for the man himself. And Josh Reynolds, he's firmly in play for me, very close to a yes. And on SuperDraft at a two point one multiplier, he actually looks pretty good over there. I like him on both of these sites right now. But if you're looking on SuperDraft, he actually looks like uh, more of a play and more of an interest to me over on SuperDraft. Rob Gronkowski is seeing a thirteen percent target share on five targets per game so far this season. Rob Gronkowski will have a huge match of advantage against Kenny Young, who Kenny Young guarding tight ends has not been good, allowing an 85% catch rate, allowing over 1.3 yards per cover. Basically, if you're allowing like over 1.15 or 1. 1.2 yards per cover, it starts to become an issue. Anything below one is very good, like a lot of these Tampa Bay cornerbacks and a lot of the Rams cornerbacks for the most part. Kenny Young against tight ends has not been that great. Now, Rob Gronkowski has basically been pretty hit or miss. We had him a couple weeks back against New Orleans where the whole team kind of laid an egg. He's been very touchdown or bust because he scored touchdowns in four out of his last five games. Every single one of those games, he scored touchdowns in. Uh, he's basically scored double digit fantasy points. Only one game this year has he scored double digit fantasy points without a touchdown. That was week three against Denver, where he caught six of seven targets for 48 yards. Now, based on where his usage is, especially downfield, Rob Gronkowski is going to either have to see a, a lot of targets, which he hasn't seen that much of since week six and week seven, where he saw eight each. Since then, four targets, six targets, and three targets, or he's going to have to find the end zone, which he's doing a lot of four touchdowns in his last five games right now, because he doesn't usually get there in the air. Like if he's going to not score a touchdown tonight, odds are he scores like probably eight fantasy points. And at 6200 you can probably get that out of a kicker for $2,000 less. Again, if you're playing 150 lineups, I'll do this right now in the YouTube video. He's going to be in play. I put him as an X, which means I mark him for my player pool. He's not a yes, but he's just in my player pool. If you're only playing a couple of lineups, Gronk is probably a no. Now he has two touchdown upsides, so I'll keep him as an X because he's definitely going to be in my player pool, but he does not grade out all that great point for dollar wise. And he's probably a touchdown or bust on this league. The upside is he's a very live player. One of the best players in the entire game to actually score a touchdown tonight. Next up, we kind of hit this dead range in the 5k range right now, $5,800. It's, it's basically the Rams running game Fifty eight hundred dollars. Daryl Henderson, who in week 10 played 35% of the snaps ran 11 routes, had eight touches for 33 yards and a touchdown. He's had nine plus touches in nine straight games. And last week's game was the first time he's gone below nine touches all year long. I believe where he only had eight averaging 3.7 red zone touches per game is top five in the NFL. The issue now is Cam Akers is getting involved. Akers a month ago wasn't playing and you could rely on Henderson to maybe see 15 touches. Now with Akers playing and in, in back-to-back games, seeing around eight to 10 touches, you're getting Henderson around eight to 10 touches himself and paying $5,800 to hope that you luck box two touchdowns on eight to 10 rushing attempts. is not something I want to do. So Henderson early on is a no for me. And speaking of luck boxing, two touchdowns, you could just look at what happened last week on eight touches for 51 yards. You have Malcolm Brown doing exactly that. He had two touchdowns, luck boxes way into it. He'll face just like Daryl Henderson, the number six overall run defense in Tampa. It'll be a negative 1% run blocking advantage that I expect to get even worse with Windworst being out in this game. So now Malcolm Brown is kind of artificially pricier because he got, if he doesn't fall in the end zone last week and just has eight attempts for 50 yards and five fantasy points, he's probably in like the three or four K range, but at $5,400, you're banking on another one to two touchdown performance out of him. And that's not something that I want to rely on as this messy backfield gets even messier with cam makers heavily involved. So both of those guys in the 5k range right now are going to be nose for me. You kind of can see that you get this dead range, right? You get Robert Woods at $8,200 and then Antonio Brown, who's basically overpriced, like we said, then you get a decent play at 6,800 and Josh Reynolds, and then you get Rob Gronkowski, who we're kind of weary of from a touchdown or bust standpoint at that price point. And then like basically from Gronk's price point of 6,500 range and below, it starts to get re- really, really sketchy. You have $4,800 Tyler Higby up next, who in week 10 played 80, 86% of the snaps he caught three passes for 60 yards in that game and this is going to be somebody Tyler Higby that again is going to be touched on her bus but at least in Tyler Higby's case you're getting a lot cheaper of a price point than Gronk a uh, $1,400 price discount. The only difference is Tyler Higby doesn't see red zone targets, has not seen a red zone target since week four, and only has three red zone targets on the entire season, where Gronk obviously has a lot more than that. In this last game, he did have a season high six targets on just 18 routes run. I expect Higby to run somewhere around 20 rounds. He also had a season high 76 air yards. A lot of that came on his one long reception of like, I believe, 30 plus yards in the game. So Higby at $4,800. Again, somebody that doesn't stand out as a great play for me. He'll be in play though, because he is touched on her bus. And at this price point, close to the kickers, at least are closer. If he finds the end, zone two catches 30 yards and a touchdown it's going to be enough for you on a showdown slate just keep in mind though that he's one of these looser plays and the only reason we have interest in him is because we're kind of scratching for value on this slate and there's not that great of a mid-range mid-range as we just discussed so tyler higby for me right now like he looks like one of my worst six or seven values in the slate but again touchdown or bust changes his value like if i project him for a half of more of a touchdown it changes his value to being like a pretty decent play at this price tag somebody who i do think is a decent play and might go overlooked is leonard Fournette because of how good ronald jones was last week look ronald jones was great last week i don't back Ronald Jones to have a 98 plus yard touchdown run so it doesn't keep as much off the field Leonard Fournette the man who's still running a lot of routes and still being used heavily in the passing game which is exactly what you want to see if you're talking about showdown slates or just in general when rostering any type of running back having the on the ground usage but the upside in the passing game for those easy PPR points and in week 10 Leonard Fournette went out there played just 38% of the snaps the least he's played in any healthy game so far this season when he's been fully healthy he totaled in that game 11 opportunities two receptions as well 30 total yards and just five fantasy points the concern that I'm seeing though Leonard Fournette since week eight when he ran a season high 25 routes ended up in that game seeing six targets uh, against the Giants since then 15 routes against New Orleans when they were trailing the entire game that's somewhat concerning and just 12 routes last week when he was off the field more so makes sense because he's not on the field as much when Ronald Jones gets going I expect that number to boomerang hopefully back towards the 18 to 20 range and if it does I think we have a value in Leonard Fournette at $4,400 you're basically getting 15 routes per game and the 11.5% target share is what I like to see if we can get Brady to throw 35 to 40 times tonight you're looking at three to five targets for Leonard Fournette Net, which had this forty four hundred dollars price tag and throwing to the running backs leads to a higher catch percentage. If you can get three to four receptions out of Leonard Fournette tonight, and if that translates to let's just say twenty to thirty yards, and just in the passing game alone, you're looking at around six or seven fantasy points. You're basically getting a kicker production at this price range, but the obvious upside of touchdowns, the obvious upside of anything that he does on the ground as well. So Leonard Fournette at forty four hundred dollars does look like one of the better values on this slate because we just don't have that much value. A lot of the good players are properly priced above six thousand dollars and really above eight thousand dollars on this slate. We now get into the kickers who are in play. They're going to give decent value on the slate they're going to project out nicely as the total is around 48 it's going to be like average projections seven to eight fantasy points If you want to get to the kickers that's fine uh just keep an eye on what's happening with the rams kicker matt gay has been designated to return they're saying that he should be the starter tonight but it's no guarantee so we might have to actually wait until later on if we're inactives and actives to see who's going to be the kicker tonight for the rams he's not currently on super draft i'm sure they'll add him hopefully by later tonight if he is indeed the kicker but if he's not going to be the starting kicker tonight we'll have that news later on i'll update it over on patreon the defenses the defenses are actually going to be live tonight because the they're cheap, right? The Buccaneers defense at $3,800. They're the number two overall defense. They're basically top five in every category outside of tackling. Top five pass rush, top five in coverage, number six against the run. They're in play at $3,800. They can bring pressure on Jared Goff, who is prone to making a lot of mistakes under pressure. So they're strongly in play. I'd prefer the Bucs defense over both kickers on the slate due to the upside of scoring a touchdown. And Tom Brady has thrown pick sixes. Yes, multiple pick sixes so far this season. So the Rams rank fourth overall in defense. They're right there. Two top five defenses going at it tonight, according to Pro Football Focus. They're sixth in pass rush, sixth in coverage, top 10 in tackling and borderline in top half of the league, borderline top 10 against the run. So Rams defense at $3,000 also in play just due to the lack of skill position value that we're going to find down here. And now as I scroll down to finish up the last couple of guys on this, please do, as we finish up the show, hit the like and subscribe button. I greatly appreciate that. A ton of work is going to be going out. I'm going to be creating about five or six pieces of content on Monday, Tuesday, and very early on Wednesday, probably 2 or 3 a.m. before I have to catch my flight to try and back everything up for this week so I can enjoy Thanksgiving without any doing any work. Hopefully, we'll see. If you appreciate all the efforts, if you appreciate all the content, it's just a one-man band here I really do appreciate you hitting that like button for me and the big old subscribe button and also if you're still watching to this point and you have like 30 seconds of your time either now or after if you have your phone next to you going to the Salvetri show on your android device on stitcher or on the apple itunes podcast store and just leaving a five-star rating and review we're over 550 reviews now and the more reviews we get the higher we climb up the rankings we're like 30 second overall in the podcast reach which is very good for a one-man band here as so we're battling up and punching up towards all these espn and cbs and pro football focus nbc based podcasts that have huge backings and huge corporations and maybe we can crack into that top 20 and start making some sound waves so people can notice us a little bit more. A lot of people are noticing us on YouTube, but let's start to crack into them podcast streets as well. So I appreciate you. It's all based on the community and the power that you guys can do there by leaving those five-star ratings and reviews. Thank you so much in advance. Cam Akers at $2,800. If there's a single player that I'm actually touching in this backfield, it's going to be Cam Akers because he's just so cheap. Look, in the last two games, his usage, 19 attempts and one reception. So 20 overall touches in the last two games alone. That's basically what you're seeing out of these other Rams running backs. He's t- totaled 92 yards and he's seen a 23% and 27% snap share in the last two games now he's not top 6.4 fantasy points in a game at all or over 30 percent of the snaps since week one so what you're basically looking at here is hoping to get around 25 to 30 percent of the snaps for cam Akers, hoping to get six to eight to maybe 10 touches like you've been seeing out of these last two weeks on average out of him and if that's the case some come in the receiving game runs about 10 or 12 routes and maybe you get the touchdown at 2800 he'll probably project out for me right now if i look over on my patreon a little peek behind the curtain yet again patreon.com backslash sal underscore vetri underscore to get the projections rankings ownership all that stuff for tonight you can follow along down below. I have Cam Akers projected for 4.9 fantasy points. That's his median projection. The obvious ceiling is if he catches an extra pass or breaks off a longer run or has a touchdown. So he's in play for me. Gerald Everett at this price point as well is also going to be in play for me. I've been projected very similarly to Cam Akers for a little bit cheaper, seeing about 3.8 targets per game. He was getting a little bit more usage when Tyler Higbee was out. Higbee came back in that last game. You saw the usage drop for Gerald Everett, but at $2,600, he'll remain in play on a showdown slate. He has at least one catch in every game and at least two catches in four straight games. Cameron Brake, probably the lowest I'd go on this slate at 22 dollars I do prefer Gerald Everett. You're getting about two targets for game for Cameron Bray. A couple things to keep in mind though, for Cameron Bray in terms of how much more he's been used uh, since a couple of injuries started to happen. The concern now is that AB is back and they're just going to go a lot of four wide receiver sets and not have to go with two tight end sets on the field as much. But Cameron Bray is coming off of a 38.2% snap share. That's the second most snaps and his second most routes run with 12 in that last game against Carolina. He saw three catches, which was his second most on the year on three targets, 31 yards and a touchdown, which was nice to see for over 12 fantasy points. Cameron Bray now has back-to-back games of at least five and a half or more fantasy points. The concern is though that he's not running a lot of routes. We saw 12 in the last game. It was it because they were pretty easily leading in the second half and they put him on the field for a couple more snaps because in the two games before that, he only saw 10 total routes run. So that's your concern right there. But he did finish as the tight end four last week. That's how easy it is to be a top five tight end. You just got to run 12 routes and have three targets in this uh 2020 NFL season. Cambray is in play for me, but he's not somebody that I'm, I'm trying to die to get to. He's not going to be George Little's pick from last time. He's not going to be my pick tonight uh for the backup tight end that we're going for. I'd actually choose Gerald Everett over Cambray tonight both are in play no interest in scotty miller as he's now going to be the wide receiver for and not running that many routes only ran six routes last week and the two games since ab has been here he's basically only ran 22 routes and seen four targets two catches for 14 yards no interest for me and then van jefferson who basically since week two his usage has just crashed week one he saw 17 routes and three targets since then he only has one game over five routes run since week two on the season since week two five catches on five targets for 60 yards over the last four games expect around five routes run or less unless there's an injury tonight especially with the evolution and the advancement in the skill set of Josh Reynolds. So you're going to have a no for me for Van Jefferson. So thank you so much for tuning into the Monday Night Football video. Again, join us live tonight by hitting that like, subscribe, and the notification bell to be notified of when the video starts at 6 p.m. East Coast time, where you can ask your questions on my 150 max builds, your specific lineups, whatever you might have later on tonight. Thank you so much in advance. Check out my Patreon for more information, projection rankings, ownership. The more informed you are, the better the chance, the more schmack you get by the information, the better chance you have at actually taking down a slate. Patreon.com backslash Sal underscore vetri underscore to check that out support the sponsor of the show super draft for a free money bonus up to a thousand dollar ruskies you can use the promo code sal sal to get in there my top super draft plays of the slate i'll give you another one if you made it this far number one is chris Goldman number two is josh Reynolds tonight thank you so much everybody and i'll see you at 6 p.m tonight peace out gang and have a great rest of your day